0: A reading from the book of Acts. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be the individual flames of fire alighting each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galile- Galileans, every one of them? How, then, can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, as well as the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? "'Others jeered at them, saying, "'They're full of new wine.' "'Peter stood with the other eleven apostles. "'He raised his voice and declared, "'Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, "'know this, listen carefully to my words. "'These people aren't drunk as you suspect. "'After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. "'Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. "'In the last days, God says, "'I will pour out my Spirit on all people.' your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young will see visions, your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness, and the moon will be changed into blood, Before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of God for the people of God. God. So it is Pentecost. It is one of my favorite days of the Christian year. And as humans, it's really easy to choose what we hear, especially in this Pentecost message, especially in terms of our faith, in terms of our religion. We're all guilty of this. We are all guilty of hearing a word of scripture, hearing the word of God, and saying, I like this part, but this part, I'm pretty sure I can make it without this part. And for me, the funniest example of this was a Christmas Eve service a very long time ago. I would assume I was probably in second or third grade. And I really don't remember what the preacher was saying during this service, but I remember him specifically saying, the length of time between Christmas and Epiphany, and in my little brain, that meant there was that much more time until I got to open presents. So I went into distress thinking, oh my gosh, Jesus is born, this is great, I don't get to open presents until January 6th, and I was heartbroken. (laughs) So, obviously, a funnier example. Unfortunately, sometimes we see scripture and we say, God, who is my neighbor? Because I want to pick and choose who my neighbor might be. And it's easy to get lost in the dialogue of this world that we live in today. In this world where we see someone we don't agree with and we say, I'll just never talk to them again. And all my problems with them will disappear. In a world where we watch the news and grow heartbroken and question what we could even do to make the world a better place when we are just one person. In a world where when we stand up for what we believe in, we are shot right back down into our seats because sometimes being bold just scares people. And so this is kind of where we find our connection to Pentecost. And by definition, Pentecost is this celebration, this festival where the Holy Spirit has descended upon the disciples of Jesus. It's the seventh Sunday after Easter. Seven weeks after a resurrection, days after the ascension, minutes, hours, seconds. And the disciples are sitting in this upper room once again, and the Holy Spirit descends upon them. And the Holy Spirit is not a soft and cuddly Holy Spirit in this example. The Holy Spirit does not knock on the door and say, Hey, disciples, I'm here to join you today to tell you some good news. The disciple bursts down this door. The disciple comes in and is unpredictable. The Holy Spirit comes in and says, I am here. I am sudden. I am disturbing, I am unpredictable, and uncontrollable. And in the cacophony of all of this, in the mess of the disciples hearing languages and tongues which they do not know but somehow understand, much like how we hear and understand but do not process our understanding of what is happening in the world, they are suddenly called. They are called into this mess of the Holy Spirit, and they are called to go outside and speak to the crowds, Who they can now understand. Persons who have had tongues that have divided them from Judeans, from cities, from even their own bloodline. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit has descended in this cacophony of unpredictable love and has said, Go. Go speak to these people. Go hear the word of God. Go give the word of God. And so how does this call also go beyond language? Because, yes, it is great that all of a sudden there is this mutual understanding of language. There is this mutual understanding of love, of God's good deeds among the disciples, among those who have never been able to understand one another. How does it go beyond language? Culture, practice, justice. In this culture, there was shock because the disciples say, How? Are these people speaking? The people outside say, How am I understanding? How am I to know all the people around me when I speak one language, when I know one culture, when I practice one deed, and when my justice is my understanding of my community? And so we reach this point of Pentecost in which the disciples are launched, and much in the same way we are called to be launched. We are called, much like the disciples, to go and learn this new language, to go and learn this new culture, new practices, and new senses of justice. It is not easy, but it is a path. The Holy Spirit is asking for a continuation of the expansion of God's grace that constantly moves outward. It's constantly moving, and much like a labyrinth, we are always moving towards the center, but always moving So the Holy Spirit has called the disciples once again into uncomfortable waters, into uncomfortable movement that is unpredictable and sudden and disturbing, just like the Holy Spirit's entrance into the disciples' upper room. And so what happens at Pentecost is this invitation for the disciples, for followers of Jesus to find their place in the story of God's relationship with creation and work in the world. And in those days, yes, that meant going, that meant being the light of Christ. And in this world today, with our creation and work, I believe this means getting out of our comfort zone. I believe that Pentecost is ascending forth. It is a time to remember that as terrifying as it can be to go and be part of a world of languages and cultures and practices and forms of justice and things that are just absolutely terrifying to us that our spiritual lives are meant to be a pilgrimage. The most dangerous place we can go in this pilgrimage is not to waters unknown, is not to languages we do not speak, and not to cultures we do not know, but rather to get too comfortable. The dangerous place is staying where you are, is sitting still, hearing the Holy Spirit, hearing the words of endless nations, and being too afraid to go out, to go and be people who will stand up during this cacophony of our modern-day Pentecost. And while we celebrate Pentecost on one day every year, I believe that the Holy Spirit calls us in a rowdy way to celebrate Pentecost every day, to never stay still, but rather to speak out for the people who need help, who are being discriminated against, for the person whose dream has never been affirmed, for a child who has never felt the loving arms of a hug, And I believe that Pentecost calls us to be the disciples, to be added on into this group of God's called. And it is okay to be scared. It is okay to feel that disciple's fear of what is happening. Where am I? How am I hearing these things? This is not who I was five minutes ago. My call is not like others, and we just need to stop. It is time, as a people, during this time of Pentecost, to stand up, and when you see something that is not right, you speak up, and you witness something that is not just, you fight for righteousness, and you live into a life that is your calling, which is not always easy when your calling might be something that you're scared of. Perhaps your calling is sign language. Perhaps your calling is music. Perhaps your calling is writing. And perhaps your call is witness, there is no call of God that is unequal among all of us. The Holy Spirit did not appear on this day in a jumble of wind and flame just to say, I only call Peter because Peter speaks with more grace than the rest of you. Or did not appear and say, I only call this man from the crowd because he's taller than the rest of you. There is no call that God will look down upon us through the Holy Spirit and say, sorry, but that is just not enough. We have to be brave and bold and courageous and find a way to get in the way. In the world today, it is very easy to turn off Facebook, to go outside, to turn off our phones, to turn off the news and say, if I am in my own world, there is nothing wrong. To pretend that we are not vessels of hope for everyone, despite who we are, how old we are, how young we are, our gender, our socioeconomic status. There is nothing that stops us from spreading God's love, even in the midst of fear, in the midst of being surrounded by by people who are of different language, of different culture, of different practice. The unpredictable and uncontrollable Holy Spirit did not call us to be small, or quiet, or hide in the shadows. Instead, we have been called in our world today to go and learn. We are called in a world that often is so easy to mute, to not mute ourselves. Because how easy is it for us to see a problem, to see something we know we are called to help, and mute ourselves because we think someone could do it better. We think that I'll just leave it up to God and my prayers and hope that God doesn't call me to do anything else. But then God does. God comes forward and says, hey, you. You're the one who is called to serve. The one who is called to witness. The one who is called to be bold. And in our world today, a prominent figure who I think of in terms of being called to be bold is John Lewis. He was one, dubbed one of the original civil rights movement leaders. He worked alongside Martin Luther King Jr. to be a bold face in the time of the civil rights movement to stand up and say I see hurt and I want to be the one to fix it. But it did not start out that easy for John Lewis. John Lewis began seeing Martin Luther King Jr. in the news and thinking wow wouldn't it be amazing to go out with this man to go out and see what I could change in the world. But he was young. He was 14. He did not think at 14 that he could go and help lead a civil rights movement. But then he did. He got brave. He got bold. And he gained some confidence. And he went on freedom rides. He marched. He spoke. He wrote. And to this day, he still serves the state of Georgia, the entire country, his family, his friends, because he took the chance to go and see a world that was broken and say, I am small, but I will be big through God. He gives much of the credit of his work to God, saying that it would not have been possible without God, without prayer, but most of all, without this nudge, this nudge that did not go away, this nudge that said, you are called to go and serve a world that is in desperate need of change. And so John Lewis says this, We all live in the same house. We all must be part of the effort to hold down our little house. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, do something about it. Say something. Have the courage. Have the backbone. Get in the way. Walk with the wind. It's all going to work out. And I find this quote to be a great example of how one should live their life every day, but also how one can take this Pentecost message. We are all part of the same house. We are all called to hold down this little house, this little house that holds 7 billion people and all the ones who have come before and will come after. This little house in which we have found each other to be a family in which we, through different religions and cultures and practices and laws and languages, have come together. And we are called to hold down the house, this share of the love of God in this little house. We are called to take that love and run from the house. And in my mind, I think the house is little because we aren't all supposed to be there at the same time. We are supposed to go. We are supposed to get in the way and always be on the move during this call to be God's children, to be God's people who go, much like the disciples, through this cacophony of the Holy Spirit and go and get in the way and walk with the wind, as John Lewis says. And in this case, the wind is that audacious and loud and boisterous and sudden Holy Spirit that comes down in fire and flame and wind and is disturbing, and not in the way that it disturbs you to the point of nightmares, but disturbing in the way that we hear the Holy Spirit and we know in our hearts that change is coming, that change does not discriminate. Change does not look at someone and say, you're only 14. Change does not look at someone and say, you're already 90. Change looks at us and says, it's time. It is time, and God is calling you. And so in this Pentecost story, Peter stands up and says, Stop. They are not drunk. They are not what you think is happening. It is only nine in the morning. They are not drunk. Instead, this Peter gives God's call. And so this call becomes less of a, That person must have had too much wine because there is no way under God's kingdom, that we are hearing what we are hearing in this moment. But there is a way. There is always a way. And if it's only nine in the morning, if there is not the influence of this new wine, then what is stopping any one of us from embracing the call of God to change our world, to change how the world sees each other, to change the culture, the narrative, the language, to be one that promotes unity, to be one that promotes the love of God, and to be one that above anything else allows us to embrace our call to be change makers. Amen.